7 and verse number 1. And um, I just want to say, as I always say, it is a blessing to be home. It is an encouragement to come home and see old faces and also see new faces each time I come back and see people who have come and started coming to church. And it's always such a blessing and encouragement. And um, as Dad said, Lord willing, I have only one more semester. It's going to be the trickiest one as I have a um, thesis to do, over 100 pages type that I have to turn in. So that's going to be a blessing. Amen. But before we get started in the sermon tonight, it's important that we understand a little bit of the background of the text. Um, Ezra chapter um, 1 through 6 is primarily historical. It's looking back at what already has happened. Um, Israel, Judah has been removed from um, the promised land. They were taken and they were 70 years in the Babylonian captivity. Then the Lord moved as he had promised he would. And they began going back to the promised land. They received the ability to rebuild the temple and they had laid the foundation. And then God had sent prophets and said, no, we can't just lay the foundation. We can't just do what we need to complete And they had finished the temple, and they had dedicated the temple. And chapters 1 through 6 of Ezra deal with that as it moves through that story. And then, in chapter 7, it becomes current and begins talking about Ezra himself, or who the book was named after, and what the book primarily actually deals with. So let's begin reading in verse number 1. Now, after these things, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, the son of Sariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok, the son of Hetub, sorry, and the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Mariath, the son of Rahiath, the son of Uzi, the son of Buki, the son of Abushiah, the son of Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the chief priest. This Ezra went from Babylon. And he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all his request, according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. And there went up some of the children of Israel, and of the priests, and the Levites, and the singers, and the porters, and the Nethanims, unto Jerusalem, in the seventh year of Artaxerxes the king. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh Year of the king. For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon, and on the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be able to preach your word, Lord. I just pray that it would be clear that you would speak, Lord, that you would um, speak to hearts, that you would speak to my own heart even more than you already have, Lord, and that um, you would convict and we would leave here changed, Lord, and that your word would speak. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. This text is a simple text, and it has a simple but a powerful message. As we consider this text, this text tonight, I want to consider the subject, seeking God's blessings in your life. Dr. Dave Hardy has been quoted as saying, when preparation meets opportunity, you have success. I think back about when I went to Heartland Baptist Bible College. When I showed up as a semester, 
I knew absolutely almost that much about playing basketball. I show up and I'm six foot four. They say, you should play basketball. I say, great. I go to the gym and they can tell from the moment I step on the court, I do not have a clue how to play basketball. Well, four years passed and I learned I'm not good by any stretch of the imagination, but I enjoy playing basketball now. I can actually play a little bit. Well, this past spring semester, they have what's called intramural sports, where they divide the students up into teams and they get to play against each other. And it's kind of just a good, relaxing time. Well, I show up one day and just get on one of the teams, and um, I'm going to play that night. So we get there. It's a close game the whole way. We're going back and forth. I had actually a decent game. I had almost 10 points, six or seven rebounds. I was doing really good. And it was coming down to the wire. It was going back and forth. Each lead was changing. We had it, then they had it comes down to about 30 seconds left. We're up by two points. One of their guys takes a shot, and I go up over top of him, and I swat that ball. And I'm like, yes, till I hear the whistle. Man, they call me for the foul. It was, it was a good call. But anyways, so the guy goes to the line. We're, we're up by two. He hits his first three throw. I'm like, okay, it'll at least be tied even if he makes it. He misses it. But they get the rebound and they put it in. Now we're down by one. The clock is ticking. The ball comes down to the other side of the court. I'm on the baseline. Down by the hoop. Ball comes to me. I go up to take my shot. I get fouled. Now it's my turn at the line. Ten seconds on the clock. Down by one. With two free throws. I'd already drained my first two free throws in the game. So I, you know... Okay, do my three dribbles, spin the ball, bend the knees, clank off the back rim. Okay, we just need to repeat the process here. I repeated the entire process, and we ended up losing the game. Now we can look at that story while it is somewhat sad, but mostly humorous. We can look at that story and we can take away, excuse me, take away a key lesson. That in order for an opportunity to equal success, there must be preparation. I had not spent time really practicing free throws. I mean, I'd spent some time, but when the actual time came where I needed to count, I hadn't prepared myself enough, and I blew it, and we lost the game. Now, that's not very important. That's a very comical, I tried to make it kind of funny, illustration of, Preparation is needed before the moment comes, or we're not going to achieve the level of success that we want, because preparation is key to anything done successfully in life. I think we would all agree with that. But how often has our lack of preparation in our service for God kept us from achieving the level of success, the level of God's blessings that we would want to see? When the opportunity to witness came, because we hadn't committed, prepared and committed those verses to memory, they weren't available when we needed them. Or maybe when that time to serve, either in the nursery or serve as a song leader or service in some way, because we hadn't spent the time preparing, when the opportunity came, we couldn't see the results we wanted to see. And in this passage, 
we meet the man, a man by the name of Ezra who had a great opportunity to serve God. And the, what the first five verses deal with is Ezra was simply, he was the correct person for the role that God had chosen for him. He had the right heritage. It, takes, it doesn't give all the generations. There's a couple of generations missing, but it takes the key people and simply shows that Ezra could be traced back to the high priest, giving him the right to be a scribe and have the authority to teach God's word. It's not um, promoting Ezra as someone important. It's simply laying the foundation of his authority. It's saying, he, this, is what, this is who Ezra is, and he was simply the right person. And there is a place that God has for everyone to fill. God has a specific set of tasks. Everyone is not going to have the same duty. Everyone's not going to have the same requirements. But as we look in the Christian life, if you're going to have the right heritage to simply, what that simply means is you must be saved. You've got to have, if you're going to be used by God, you need to have the right heritage, as in you need to have the right father, be part of the right family, and be saved. Because God can't use someone in his ministry who isn't his child. It's as simple as that. And I think today, um, as I'm preaching to people who came on a Sunday night, most of us here at least claim to be saved, claim to be God's child, and that is a blessing. Praise the Lord. But there may be someone here who is not. And I want to say, if you want to be used by God, if you want to have that relationship with God and experience the blessings of God, you need to have the right heritage. You need to have the right line. You need to be God's child. And I think that we can easily see that from this text. And it just makes sense that we should, to be experience God's blessings, you need to be God's child. And with Ezra, this is where the story actually picks up with Ezra. As I said earlier, the rest was background, um, past history leading up to what is now current history. But also we see in verse number, verse number six, in the first part of verse number six, that not only did Ezra have the right heritage, but also this Ezra went up from Babylon and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord of God of Israel had given. Simply, Ezra was accomplished in what the task that God had given him. It means experienced. It means he was skillful. And if you are going to serve God, if God has given you a task to do, you should be the absolute best at it that you can be. Whether it's working in the secular workforce, working in the nursery, you should, simp- you should apply yourself. You should be skillful in what you do. God, God is not happy when we do jobs halfway. He was a, Ezra was a ready scribe. He was skillful. He had applied himself. He had worked at this. And he had reached a certain level of success in his work, in his line of work that God was going to use him in. And I just, it makes sense. We need to do our absolute best in every way possible that we can serve. Ezra poured his entire life into his work for the Lord. As Ezra served God in such a passionate way, we see that God responded and Ezra received blessings from the hand of the Lord, even beyond what he could have even imagined. 
we see twice in this section of Scripture that the hand of the Lord his God upon him was upon him. We see that twice, meaning it's talking about an open hand, a benevolent hand. God's hand, his power, his grace was upon the life of Ezra. And we see that in two different ways. First, we see that the king gave him everything he requested. The Bible isn't clear on how Ezra knew the king, how he had gotten into favor with king. But if you have God, God can work things out and we don't have to understand. All we need to know is Ezra got everything he requested of a heathen king. Why? The Bible says because the hand of the Lord his God was upon him. That's why. It wasn't Ezra thinking, let me see, how can I manipulate the king to get what I want? How can I... um, Come If I come in this way, the king will give me what I want so I can serve God. No, it, the Bible ascribes the, um, the king giving Ezra what he needed simply to the hand of God. That it was only through God Ezra got what he needed. And if we read the rest of chapter 7 here, um, as beginning in verse 11 through verse 26, that entire section is a letter from the king of Persia saying, you can have All the wealth you need from this city, you're going to have protection from foreign powers who want to come against you. You're going to have the foreign powers need to give you money. They need to give you provisions so you can worship in the temple. As you go through that, you think, good night. He had everything he needed. And this isn't a Jewish king. This is a heathen king who we don't even know how he knew Ezra. And yet, he was willing to put his name and his kingdom behind this man of God to help him worship God. And the Bible attributes that solely to the hand of God. Not to Ezra, but to the hand of God. He received blessings from the hand of God. Also, we see he had, his group received safety. On their 900-mile trek, they, during this time, they would have had to go from Babylon all the way back to Jerusalem. It would have been about 900 miles. It took them four months. Most, they, a lot of them would have had to walk. Water would have been a scarcity as they were attempting to make this long journey. And we see that they arrived. And once again, the Bible attributes their safety on the road to what? The hand of the Lord. Look at verse, verse number 9. The end of verse number 9. According to the good hand of his God upon him. That's what the Bible says. As we look through it. He received. Um, in Ezra chapter 8. Um, Ezra's talking about, the, about that journey in more detail. And he says. For I was ashamed to require of the king. A band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him. But his power and wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of this. Only God could have brought such such protection. They were traveling from Babylon all the way back to Jerusalem, loaded with treasures from Babylon, and they didn't have any military protection against the robbers and against the people who would have wanted to stop them, and yet they made it safely and in good time. And we look at that, and the Bible attributes that solely, once again, to the hand 
of God. And we look at it and say, yes, God's blessings, God's hand of provision was obviously on the life of Ezra. It's right there in the text. I mean, come on. It's right there. God's hand of blessing was on Ezra. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But that begs the question, why was the hand of God blessing Ezra? If he did, we, we want to know why. Was it because, as we saw in the first couple of verses, that he was, God blessed Ezra because he was the right person and because he worked hard? Was that the only reason God blessed Ezra? No, though certainly God blesses those who work hard. God blesses those who take what God gives them and uses it for his glory. Yes, that is true. But can we say that the reason Ezra was so blessed of God was because of his work ethic or because of how great he was as a person? To look at that would be to do a discredit to who God is, as in you have to be such a person or you have to earn God's blessings and God's favor, as in now God becomes a slot machine where if I do this, then God must bless me this way. And we know that cannot be true of the God of the Bible. We know that cannot be true. So what do we do? We keep reading in the text. And we find that in verse number 10, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Ezra received such blessings from the hand of the Lord because he had already prepared his heart to seek God. We notice, notice the past tense here. It said he had prepared. This was something that had already been done prior to his trip to Babylon. This required diligent time alone with God before the big moment ever came. He prepared himself to seek the law of God. We know that to be the word of God. He prepared himself to seek it, to study it, to inquire at it, to take God's word and place it in his life. That's what it says. He had prepared his heart to seek the law of God. And he sought God, not just God's blessings. Because God's blessings are a result of when you find God. As I was thinking about this, I couldn't help, just the idea popped into my mind, and bear with me on this, that if you are looking for apples in the forest, you can walk around on the ground trying to find apples and find, I found an apple. I found an apple, or I found a pear, or whatever fruit you want to put in there. Or we can look for the tree that produced those apples. Because every apple you find came from a tree. And if we find the tree, we'll find the source of the apples. And so often we spend our time seeking for God's blessings and forget That if we simply seek for God, we'll find the blessings because every blessing we find must come from God. 
And that's what we find Ezra doing here. It says he seek, sought the law of his God. And not only did he seek the law of his God, he prepared himself to do the law of God. As we look, as we think about James chapter 1, and it talks about being a hearer of the word versus being a doer of the word. And how if you hear the word and you fail to do it, you leave being deceived. But a person who hears God's word and does it, he is blessed. We've, we've heard that, mess, um, that passage preached. We've read that passage. A lot of us know that passage, maybe even have that passage committed to memory. But so often we find ourselves studying God's word, but we don't find ourselves preparing to study God's word with the intent of doing it. It is easy in Bible college, I know personally, to study, hey, I need to get this grade on this test. But I forget that the reason God gave us his word is not to get a grade on a test, but to study it so I can do it. And that's what Ezra did. He prepared his heart not just to study it, though he did, and he did it intently. That's how he became a ready scribe, was he had studied God's word, and he had put himself into the law of God. But he did it so he could do it. Because Ezra received those blessings because he had already prepared his heart to seek God. Because it must start in the heart. That's where it's got to start. If we're going to see God's blessings in our lives, it has to start in our hearts. And he also, as we finish verse number 10 out, he prepared himself to teach the law of God. Not just for his personal benefit, not for him um, becoming a great scribe in people's eyes, but to help Israel understand God's law. As I was doing my study, I came across one commentator and said, With study, conduct, and teaching put deliberately in this right order, each of these was able to function properly at its best. Study was saved from unreality, conduct from uncertainty, and teaching from insincerity and shallowness. Because... He studied God's law, but he didn't just study it so he could know it. He studied it so he could do it. And he did it so he would be the right type of testimony so he could teach it. And then we see God's hand of blessing on his life in so much more great ways than he could ever have imagined, than he could have ever planned himself. There is no way, as I said earlier, that Ezra could have made the king of Persia give him everything he did and even um, offer the troops, offer whatever he needed so he could get to Israel, so he could teach the Jews there the law of God. That couldn't have come from Ezra. Giving them safety on the journey couldn't have come from Ezra. It all came from God. That's what the Bible says. And it says God's hand of blessing was upon him because he had already prepared his heart to seek God, to do his law, and to teach it to others. That's simply what it says. Because if we're going to see God's blessings in our life, we can't go looking for God's blessings. Hey, if I do this, I'm going to get God's blessings. Rather, what we need to do is prepare our hearts to seek God. And when we find God, we find the blessings because God 
is the creator of all the blessings. Every good and every perfect gift cometh from our Father above. Open Door Bible Baptist Church desperately needs the blessings of God. We have seen the blessings of God in the past. But as we continue on into the new years, we need to see the blessings of God on this church. I think everyone in here would agree with that. North Brooklyn needs the blessings of God. And God has the ability to bless in ways that are so beyond our comprehension, we don't even know to pray for that. But it must start in the heart. That's where it's got to start. It's got to start by preparing our hearts to do, seek, and teach the law of God. And we can't teach until we know it. We can't do until we know it. We got to do it in that order. We want to see souls saved. We want to see powerful services. Why don't we start before the service as members of Open Door Bible Baptist Church before Sunday morning comes rather than coming in here dragging and tired? I'm not saying anyone does. But we should seek to prepare our hearts and and seek God and know His law and do it before we ever come and want the blessings in the services. If we want to see God's hand upon Open Door Bible Baptist Church, We need to beforehand, before that moment comes, we need to be seeking God. We need to be doing what we know to do is right so we can teach others, so others can see God working in our lives. Because you see, we all oftentimes forget as we seek God's blessings, we forget To seek God and to prepare our hearts first. And what ends up happening is we're picking up apples instead of finding the orchard. Because Ezra received such blessings from the hand of God because he had already prepared his heart to seek God. It was Not some big jump. Ezra was such a special person. He had the right heritage. Let me tell you, if you are saved tonight, you have the right heritage. Yes, God wants you to be the best at whatever you are doing in service for Him, whether it's working in the nursery, whether it's teaching children's church, whether it's doing the signing, whether it's greeting, whether it's singing in congregational singing. God wants you to do the absolute best that you can do. But doing the absolute best you can do isn't a guarantee of God's blessings. Because then God's blessings is directly upon our actions. And if we do this, then God must bless. Rather, instead, as we seek God and as we prepare our hearts and take the time and study and get with God and spend the time with God and not only study God's law, but we study with the attention of doing it. And as we do it, that enables us 
to be a blessing and teach others because others see our lives. And the coworker at work says, hey, I noticed something different about you. What it is? What is it? And it opens up opportunities of blessing to be able to witness. But if there had not been the preparation when the time of opportunity comes, there will not be the success and the blessings that there could be if we had prepared our hearts to seek God. A father, a mother, a spouse, a single person looking for a relationship. So often we spend our time looking for the blessings of God, looking, hey, if I do this, this will happen. So let me do my hair this way. Or let me, um, if I get on this um, bodybuilding exercise, then I'll be all big and then everything will happen the way I want it to happen. But that is what the world teaches. What God says, hey, you want my blessings on that? You want my blessings in your relationships? How about you spend time, instead of looking at Hollywood, instead of looking at the magazine rack, how about you come with me and spend some time alone with me, preparing your heart to seek me and to do what I say, and then I can bless you in ways you don't even know yet. If you simply spend the time preparing your heart to seek me. Teens, young people, you're saying so often, what is the will of God for my life? Should I go to Bible college? What should I do? Rather than reading all the books on finding the will of God, how about you spend time with the person who you're trying to find as well? That just kind of makes sense. And prepare your heart to seek God and to do it. And so you can be a blessing and teach others. And lo and behold, if you're doing what God has already told you to do and your heart is prepared when the opportunity comes, preparation meets and you can see God's blessings on your life. That's what happened in the life of Ezra. He experienced something he never could have come up with on his own because he had already spent the time preparing his heart to seek God. Many of us in this room work. We work full-time jobs. That's how we provide for ourselves. We work in a secular workforce. And yes, bosses get on our nerves. And there's coworkers who just know how to hit those buttons. So you want to do things that are not Christian. But the way of dealing with this, rather than trying to think of ways you can get them back or ways you can put them down to lower yourself up. How we deal with those situations is we prepare our hearts to seek God and to do what He has already said so that when the, when they are going through a hard time, they say, wait a second, this person is acting different. And then you have the opportunity to teach them the law of God because you've already prepared your heart and done it. And then God can bless. But He can't bless if we are not prepared. If we have not already spent our time seeking God, because it must start in the hearts. It can't, it won't start on the big stage. It won't start at the moment of confrontation. Athletes spend their entire lives training for that one moment 
And Christians wait till that moment comes to realize they needed to train, they needed to study all too often. I'm not saying we do, everyone in this room does that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying all too often we let the world outdo us in our level of devotion and preparation in our service for God. And we wonder why our lives are devoid of God's blessings. It isn't that if I do this, God will bless me. But it, as we seek the source of blessings, you cannot but help to find them as you seek God. Do you believe this church needs the blessings of God? I think we would all answer yes. Do you desire to have God bless your life and that of your family? Do we want to see God's hand all over our lives? I think we would answer yes, yes, yes. It must start in the heart. Because could God bless the heart you have right now? That's a question for me to think about. That's a question for each one of us to think about. Because the preparation must come before God gives us that opportunity to serve Him. And as we prepare to seek His law, to do it, and to teach others, we seek the source of all blessings. It must start in your heart. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to preach. Lord, I just pray that your word would be clear, that it would have spoken to hearts, Lord. I know it spoke to mine. I just pray that you would work in hearts tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.